Young disciples can be dismissed this morning. Book of Acts, chapter 2. Have you ever thought in your life there should be something more? Even as Christians, even as believers, that, you know what? There just should be something more than this. More than what my life is, more than what my happiness level is, more. More to this life. I've been there before. I'm sure that you have too, maybe on more than one occasion. There's something in us, even as believers, that wants more. We want the next step. We want something more in our lives. Well, today is May 19th, and I don't know if you're aware that today is also Pentecost Day. Pentecost is uh, a word that describes the period of time between Jesus' resurrection and the visitation of the Holy Spirit. Pente, meaning 50, 50 days past resurrection, was the day that the Holy Spirit came in power and filled the disciples after Jesus' resurrection. Pentecost was also rooted in in a Jewish celebration or a Jewish feast, one of three that commemorate the giving of the Law of Moses 50 days after the exodus of God's people from Egypt. 50 days after they left 400 years of slavery, God took Moses to Mount Sinai and he gave him the law. He gave him the commandments for God's people. That happened 50 days after the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. So Pentecost in the Jewish faith, in in the Jewish nation, was a season of celebration. You see, Jews made long trips in order to get to Jerusalem for this day. Many came to be there for Passover and stayed on for Pentecost. So they would pack up their belongings and they would come from areas and regions far away from Jerusalem, and they would make the journey and come and usually hang out and stay with family and celebrate Passover and also then celebrate Pentecost. So Jerusalem was a place of hustle and bustle. Jerusalem was a place of not only the Jews of the region, but the Jews from many other regions speaking many other languages. And we'll see in Acts chapter 2 a listing. In fact, some scholars think that over 40 different regions were represented. 40 different languages were converging on Jerusalem to celebrate Passover and Pentecost. It was at this celebration that the apostles and Jesus Followers were following the words of Jesus. Now, you're there with me at Acts 2. I'd like us to go back into 1 
And I'd like us to read some verses there together, verses 4 and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The followers of Jesus, there were about 120 of them at the time, did as Jesus had told them to do. They found a location, some believe it was the upper room, but they found a location, a private place, and they gathered together and they waited. And they waited. And they waited. In fact, in verse 14, if you have it there of chapter 1, it says, They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Jesus' brothers. And they waited. They were waiting as Jesus had told them to wait. Why? Because they were anticipating a coming. A coming of God. A coming of God in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know that they really understood what they would all look like. What would it mean for the Holy Spirit to actually come and baptize us? What is that going to be like? I'm sure that as they waited and as they prayed, they were trying to envision what this visitation, what this filling, what this baptism would be like. Because after all, their image of baptism was what was happening in the Jordan River when Jesus himself yielded himself to John the Baptist and he went down into the water. You see, God had something more for his followers on that day of Pentecost. They probably were thinking Pentecost, the commemoration of the law, Pentecost, the fire on the mountain that we that our, that our forefathers experienced. Pentecost, the celebration of God intersecting our world with his law. I'm sure they had no concept that Pentecost was going to be the visitation of God's Holy Spirit upon their lives. God had something more for them. Because they had already been with Jesus. They had heard his teaching. They'd seen his miracles. They had even seen the raising of the dead. They saw Jesus crucified and they saw him resurrected, but there was more. Jesus' kingdom was about to come through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would fill them and baptize them, and he did. There was a transference that happened on Pentecost because prior to Pentecost, the attention was on Jesus, what he did. His miracles, his teaching, his ability to raise folks from the dead, his ability to heal. They were focused on him, but now the Holy Spirit would come and fill them. The Holy Spirit would come and draw them in to the experience of God through being filled or being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now let's go over to chapter 2 and let's read a few verses there. This is what took place. When the day of Pentecost came, 
They were all in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You see, on that day, my friend, not only was the church formed, it was the day that all the followers of Jesus were taken over. They were taken over, filled, baptized, covered, controlled by the Holy Spirit. I love those words in that passage. Each of them and all of them. Could it be that out of 120 people in a room, 120 of them were filled? Yes, they were. Think about who was in that room. There were 11 original disciples. Now think about those disciples, not all perfect men. Think about Peter. Here he was. Think about Matthew, background as a tax collector. And then think about Matthias. He was the write-in. He was the addition. He was not a follower of Jesus as the other 11 were, but he was brought in as a disciple at the end of Acts chapter 1. We think of the women there. Now that was very controversial, my friends, for the women to be filled with God. That was not something culturally or traditionally known. It was the men. It was the men who were filled. It was the men who were baptized. It was the men who had a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. It was the men. Women were property. Women were secondary. Women took the back seat. And here, when the Holy Spirit came into that room, all the women came to the front. And the Holy Spirit filled the women just like He filled the men. And I know in our culture we think, what's the big deal? You know, women, we've come a long way, baby, you know. We can bring home the bacon, you know, fry it up in a pan. You know that song, some of us who are older. Yeah. We women in this culture, we're further and more advanced. But in, on that day, the women that were waiting and praying, they might have been thinking, ladies, Wow, this is going to be something that happens to our men and we'll, we'll just support them. God will just baptize them and fill them and we'll be right there along with them. And the Holy Spirit called the women, pulled the women. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit's power that day. Think about the others who were probably in the company. I would wonder if Nicodemus was there. Remember the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus in John chapter 3 about being born again? Nicodemus came to him at night. He was, he was trying to undercover it with, with Jesus so that he could kind of get his questions answered but not be kind of in the mainstream with the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and the other religious leaders. He came to Jesus at night and he and Jesus had that face-to-face. I wonder if on that day Nicodemus was in that room. We don't know. 
We just know that there were 120 there. Jesus' own brothers were there. I wonder if Mary Magdalene was there. And other prostitutes of the day. Other sinners. Other people that the culture would say, you're less than, you're unrighteous, you're unclean. You're not worthy of God. You're not worthy of religion. You're just not worthy. But I'll bet you some of those folks were in the upper room that day. And the Holy Spirit filled them all. The Holy Spirit just didn't weave through the room and touch some and touch others and miss some and miss others. He he filled them all. This was their more. This was the more that oftentimes we clamor for, we desire. You see, until this point, these followers had been looking on, listening on, watching on to Jesus. Now they were going to carry the gospel. Now they were going to carry God within them. Now God, through His Spirit, was blowing into their lives to fill them with His power, to fill them with His presence. Because Jesus did say in John fourteen twelve, but greater works will you do because I go to my Father. And this was all a part of the plan. What was it that happened here that was extraordinary or supernatural? I think the first thing that we see is there were 120 followers of Jesus in one place and in one accord. To get 100 people, 120 people together in one place, not a big deal, but in one accord, in agreement, pursuing the same thing, praying for the same thing, waiting for the same thing, Day after day after day, extraordinary. What else was extraordinary? Verse 2, the sound. Suddenly a sound. What was the sound like? A blowing of a violent wind. Where did it come from? It came from heaven. This wasn't just a, a gust of wind that was naturally being stirred up in Jerusalem. All of a sudden there was a storm kicking up. It wasn't of a natural origin. It was of a supernatural origin. God stepped in in a supernatural way and he made his presence known. And it seemed like a wind, like a violent wind, like a strong wind. It was from heaven. And it was so pronounced that it wasn't something just the 120 people heard or felt. Look at verse 6. It said, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. In other words, the people around heard it too. The people on the street heard it too. The people in the other room heard it too. The people downstairs heard it too. Something was happening in Jerusalem that day that would touch the 120, but everyone around heard it too. What else was extraordinary? What they saw What seemed to be tongues of fire resting on each one of them. In other words, this is something personal for you, for you, for you. The wind was for the group. The tongues were for each one individually. The tongues of fire rested on, the scripture says, each one of them. 
Extraordinary was also the speaking in other languages. If you knew what it was to be a Galilean, you would know how extraordinary it was that these folks would be able to speak in other languages. They barely could speak their own. They were basically uneducated hillbillies, Galileans were. Now you think in your own mind what parallel there would be in our country or our area. My understanding now, and I'm a Stowe graduate, I won't say what year I graduated, but now now people in Stowe are known as Stowbillies. Is that right? Well, the Galileans in that day were not people who could afford education, be educated. They were just simple people, uneducated people. And yet, on the day when the Holy Spirit filled them, they could not only speak their language, they could speak another one. Now, this wasn't a prayer language, as we learn about in other places in Scripture. This was an an actual national language that could be spoken by a people group represented there in Jerusalem. So when Peter stood up and he spoke another language, there was someone else that was hearing that language from that nation, from that region, and they heard, the Scripture says, the wonders of God, the wonders of God. What were those 120 speaking about? The wonders of God, the work of God, salvation, the gospel, Jesus, the cross, the resurrection. That's what they were talking about. That's what they were speaking of in languages they had never learned before. How? Enabled by the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit moved in such a way that they opened their mouths. Can you imagine? Could you imagine being one of those 120 and you just start speaking a language that you've never learned? And the miracle of it is there's someone else that's listening to you that understands exactly what you're saying. They're hearing about Jesus. They're hearing about the gospel. Amazing, miraculous, extraordinary. The most extraordinary part of this is that the Holy Spirit intersected that room that day and filled them all. Let me tell you what the good news about Pentecost is this. The good news of Pentecost today for us is not just that Acts 2 happened. This is not a Sunday to look back and go, oh, praise the Lord. Back then, the Holy Spirit came. Back then, the church was formed. Back then, the gospel started to be given out so that all of those visiting Jerusalem could take the gospel back to their regions and spread the good news. All of that's wonderful and all of that's true and all of that's to be celebrated. But the greatest thing that I can tell you today about this event is that the Holy Spirit continues to fill believers in Jesus. This is not historical alone today. This is not just for the past church, the early church, to get the church started. This is for the church today to be able to continue on in power and authority. The church is weak today because the church is not filled today. I'm not talking about filled people in the seats. I'm talking about filled with the power and the presence of God. We're not filled. 
we might say, well, I've got some. I've got the Holy Spirit in my life. He's there. Oh, yes, he is there. And the scripture teaches that. But are we full? Are we filled to the place where the Holy Spirit controls our lives, moves us and fills us and uses us? The Old Testament prophecies prophesy about it. Look on down with me to verse 17 there in chapter 2. These are the words of Joel, the Old Testament prophet, spoken again by Peter in his first message on that day. It says this in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. That, that means all of us. We're all a son or daughter, isn't that right? Your young men will see visions. I love it because before I dismiss them, there's young men that, are sit, that sit right here every Sunday. Have you noticed them? And what I love about these kids that sit right here, some of them are six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, probably right here. This group that sits here. They come in. I don't see a piece of paper, a pen. I don't see chewing gum wrappers. I don't, I don't, I don't see... Typical kid things. And when we stand to worship, they stand and they worship. And when we have prayer time, some of them come up and they lay hands on that person and that person and this person over here and this person over here. Who is prompting them? Their parents aren't even sitting close by. They are the young men, the young women. What's the prophecy for them? The young men will see dream or see visions and the old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, big statement, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is what we need. This is what we need. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's not enough. Not enough. Thank you, Don. God bless you. Thank you. I'm just overwhelmed today. And if you're visiting... Pastor Cindy doesn't cry every Sunday. Is that right? Amen? Can you say amen to that? I'm not a, a crying female senior pastor. Something touches me this morning about this. And in my notes, I don't go cry here. Cry, cry here. It'll get them. Cry here. This is not theatrics, my friends. This isn't... This isn't a performance today. This isn't 
We're not coming here to judge the music, judge each other, judge how good this church is, judge is this a better church than another church. It probably is, but it's probably not. There are other churches better than this church, and we're better than other churches. That's not the point. This is not performance. This is not entertainment. This is not for us to come and go, oh, listen to our worship band. They just, they're professional. You know what? We have so much professional. We're just, we're just spoiled with it. We have so much professional. Everything has to just sound right, right? Or I can't enter in. You know, all of that kind of mumbo jumbo. You know what? You know what we need more than almost everything else that we experience in this room? We need the Holy Spirit. And not a dose. Give me my dose. Give me my pill, my shot. Just give me a little bit so that I can make it to next Sunday and I'm going I'm to arrive next Sunday for my next dose. We don't have enough doses to give out. The Christian life, the spirit-filled life, isn't about stopping at stations and getting more. It's about being filled with the Holy Spirit so He controls us. He moves in us. He speaks in us. He corrects us. He changes us. He moves us. He lives in us. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what we need. That's what we need. We're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Outside of that, we're not going to make it. There are Christians that are fleeing churches right and left today. There are people dropping out of the faith right and left today. There are people turning away from the Lord dropping out of church. There are people sitting at home this morning who love the Lord, but they're moving in the wrong direction from Him. It's happening all around us. Why? We're not full. We're not filled. I want to say we, we, can't, we can't keep doing that. We can't keep living there. It used to be 20 years ago you could live there. You could live in the middle. It's kind of... You could, you could sit on the fence. You'd be all right. You could kind of go, God and myself and the world and God and myself. Hey, I'm, I'm cool. I can, I can do this till I die. Or Jesus comes. It can't, it, it's not going to happen anymore. It's not going to work anymore. I don't know where I am. <sighs> Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk with wine. Where is it in excess? But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me kind of paraphrase that for us today. Don't get drunk on the world. The things in the world. The attractions of the world. 
the culture of the world, the music of the world, the trends of the world, the technology of the world, the things that are just fun to do in the world, but be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We have to be filled. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't come with conditions. Okay, God, I yield myself um, mostly to you. I, um, all of me except for is yours. I surrender most. I surrender most. Most to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender most. That's pretty good, isn't it? All is all. What we need only comes when all is given. All. 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 I know, Cindy, you've said that three times now. I know. I know how many times I've said it. All. All of it. That's the point at which the Holy Spirit comes in and he says, you're mine. The more that you have wanted, the more that you have needed, you're mine. I will come in fully and completely into your life. I will speak through you. I will sing through you. I will love through you. I will speak through you. I will guide you. I will provide for you. I will be your all in all. I will fill you up and people will look at you and go, Who are you? Who are you? And how did you get there? In fact, even in the church, we would look a little peculiar and funny. I already look peculiar and funny, so a little bit more peculiar and more funny wouldn't be a bad thing. But really, the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence and fills us when we get to the place where there aren't any contingencies, there aren't any deals, there aren't any percentages. God and me and, oh, you know what? When we do that with God, God says, you know, I love you. I'll just wait. I'll just wait till you get to the place where you'll say all. And the minute you say all, here I am. And I will come into your life. And I will fill you with my spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit begins with a hunger. Begins with a desire to know God deeper. It begins with a knowing that you need power Beyond your own. We've, we've run the gamut of our own. We need power beyond our own. Being filled with the Holy Spirit starts with a hunger. I would venture to say in our room this morning, there are people who are hungry and there are people who are not. 
There are people who have a, a little bit of a hunger. There's people who have a greater hunger. And then there's people that are just here just because you're here. And this is probably where you're supposed to be today or where you have to be or where you're expected to be. But being filled with the Holy Spirit starts with a hunger. And this hunger, this desire, will lead you to a seeking, to an asking, like the apostles here in the upper room, continually so. And what happens when you begin to seek God for the Holy Spirit, He starts to get real picky in your life. He starts to, start, he starts to talk to you. And you know what? For some of us, this morning, God hasn't really been talking too much. But when you get serious and start to hunger after him, he'll start talking. He'll start talking. And when he starts talking, he'll usually say, what about this? And what about that? And how about that? I really want that. I really want that to be clean right there. That hasn't been clean. That's been unclean right there. I want that. I want that. You don't have to clean it up. Just give it to me as it is. You don't have the power to clean it up. You don't have the power to fix it. But I do. And if you'll give it to me, I'll take care of it. I'll clean it up. Give me that. You know that relationship over there? You know what? Just give it to me. Give it up. Give it, give it over to me. Married or unmarried, just give it over to me. Let me have that. You know, that hurt, that thing that's been driving your life for so long and just affecting your world for so long, you know what? You can't fix it. You can't change it. Just give it to me. That's what starts happening when you start hungering after the Holy Spirit and you want that filling in your life. You want that power. You want the Holy Spirit to change your life and fill your life. And he goes, okay, well, I'm going to start rearranging the furniture inside your life. We're going to start looking under rugs. I'm going to start opening up closets. I'm going to start looking, not to condemn you, but to ask you, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And in the process, the more we yield and say yes, the more open we are to be filled. The more open we are to be filled. And then, my friend, you're in a place where the Holy Spirit, by your invitation, comes into your heart and takes over. Now, the book of Acts tells us in many different places that the believers there were not filled once and everything was just cool. <laughs> the rest, the other, you know, 26 chapters of Acts just played out and they were good from Acts 2 to 29 to 28. There are many other places in Acts. I can cite a couple of them for you. Acts chapter 4, 31. Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 8, verse 17. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 19. And other places where the Scripture says, And Paul laid his hands upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter and John laid their hands upon them, the Samaritans, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 4.31 it says, And the house was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was a repeating occurrence in their life. 
to continually be filled and controlled by the Spirit of God. It's the same for us. It's the same for you. It's the same for me. Why? Because we get empty. Why? Because we don't stay close to the source of the filling. There's a lot of reasons. The bottom line is we need to be continually filled by the Spirit. The good news today, the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, the same one, who came and visited with and filled and baptized these early believers is available today on Pentecost Sunday. This isn't a history lesson today, although it has historical roots. This is a today word for us. Will you be filled with the Holy Spirit? It takes hunger, it takes yielding. It takes putting yourself in the position to say, God, I need you. I don't have the power. I'm empty. I'm dry. I need you. And when we put ourselves in that place of honesty and vulnerability and transparency, the Holy Spirit comes, begins to fill us and work in us. Let's pray. In our last couple minutes this morning, I want to give you the opportunity in your own way just to put yourself before the Lord. I believe the Lord's speaking to us. He's trying to speak to us. We are a good church. You are a wonderful people. Many of you are godly people. You love the Lord. You love His Word. You're trying to live according to His Word. You're trying to live right. You're trying to be a good mom and a good dad. You're trying to raise your kids to know God. But I want to say that the power of God that moved on Rick Steinhauser's behalf because of the praying mom and the praying aunt that he had. That is what drew Rick to Jesus. And I know this isn't for everyone this morning, but if you have a hunger, it could be small, it could be something that just is resident in your soul every day but if you have a hunger for the Holy Spirit to fill your life in a greater measure than what you know currently I just want you to come and join me here at the front that's how we're going to close our service this morning wherever you are in your walk with the Lord maybe you're young in the Lord maybe you've known the Lord for many many years but you would say this morning you know what I'm hungry I'm really hungry I'm really hungry There's more. There's more, but 
What's on the table for you today won't be there for you until you come up to the table. You can't sit at a distance. You you can't sit back. The Holy Spirit won't come upon you unless you come to Him and you ask for Him. Because when you ask for Him, when you ask for Him, that's when He comes. It's humbling. It's humbling. We have to come down. We have to kneel down. We have to bow down. We have to yield. We have to acknowledge that we're not enough. We we don't have enough on our own. We're empty. We have to be able to say that. talk to the Lord just now. Just tell Him how hungry you are. We're hungry for you, Lord. We are not enough on our own. The power that we have within ourselves is much lacking, Lord. We are hungry, Lord, for your power, for your presence in our lives. We are in need of you, O God. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. We bow down before you. We say to you, Lord, that we need you. We need you. We need you, Lord. We are desperate for you. We are hungry for you. We know our lack without you, Lord. We know how insufficient we are, Lord. We know how empty we are without you, Lord. We know, we know, we know, Lord. We know. And so, Lord, we come, Lord. Lord, you said that you would give. You said that you would pour. You said that you would fill. You said that you would give your Holy Spirit to those that ask, Lord, how good of a Father you are. So we know, Lord, that today that you are anxious and willing and ready to pour out your Spirit upon your people, Lord. Holy Spirit, where you have been living within us, Lord, you want to take residence in every place in our life, in every room of our hearts, in every relationship that we have, Lord, in every moment of our day, Lord, in every love of our life, Lord, in every way that we give and in every way that we share and in every way, Lord, that we move in this life, Lord. Lord, we ask You in Jesus' name, to fill us by your Holy Spirit. Make that personal here at the front this morning. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. Make it your personal invitation. Just personally invite him. Holy Spirit, come into my life. 
Holy Spirit, come into my life to fill me with your Holy Spirit to the full. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Invite him. God, you're welcome. God, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. And where you speak, Holy Spirit, I will listen. What you touch, Holy Spirit, in my life, I will give you. The words that you say, I will respond to. The things that you tell me to obey, I will obey. I will obey. I will obey. I will obey. Holy Spirit, breathe upon us here. Holy Spirit, move in our heart. Fill us, Lord. Fill us by your Holy Spirit. We receive. We receive your Holy Spirit. We receive your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we receive you. Come, Holy Spirit. We receive you. We receive your work. We receive your life. We receive your joy. We receive your power. We receive your Holy Spirit's presence in our life. We receive you, Lord. We receive you. We receive you. Pour out yourself upon these people this morning, Lord. These hungry hearts, Lord. These hungry souls, Lord. Pour out of your power. Pour out of your strength. Pour out of your refreshing, Lord, oh God. Come into our lives. Come into our hearts. Oh God, we seek you. We seek you, Lord. We seek you, Lord, in this place. Move among your people, oh God. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We take your spirit by faith. We receive your filling by faith. Thank you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Thank Him and praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship You. We honor You. We glorify You. We praise You. We give You honor and glory and power, Lord. We thank You, God. We thank You, Lord. Thank You, Holy Spirit. Thank You, Holy Spirit. Pentecost is for today. Pentecost is for today. Fill Your church today with Your power and Your presence and Your anointing, Lord. That church would be powerful. That church, your church, would carry your name, Lord, with boldness and strength and anointing, Lord. May we be not of ourselves, but may the Holy Spirit of God speak through us and move through us and work through us and touch through us and love through us. And may, Lord, we see the supernatural hand of God moving through our hands, moving through our voice, moving through our feet, touching people who are lost through our lives, Lord. Holy Spirit, move through us. Work through us. Supernaturally, Lord, may we see the power of God, the power of God manifested and moving through your church, Lord, through your people, through your followers, Lord. Father, that's exciting. That's the more. 
That's the more. That's the more. That's the more. That's the more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Continue to fill us and use us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.